Good morning. Welcome to the Vineyard Church of Baton Rouge. I am Jeremy Pleasant. I'm the senior pastor here. I want to welcome you as you're here uh, worshiping with us this morning virtually. And whether you're in here from Baton Rouge or, or from anywhere else outside of Baton Rouge, I'm, I'm glad you're checking us out. Um, uh, there's one more announcement I want to talk about before we dive in today. Um, so normally we have a, our interactive reflections of the cross on Good Friday, where we come and we go through, through these various stations uh, to, to really engage with, with Christ um, uh, as, as we, uh, and have this time of reflection. So obviously we can't do that this year. Um, so what we're, gonna, what we're doing instead is that we're going to have a video-based interactive reflection that's going to be available for anyone uh, to join um, and, to, and to be a part of. And so it's still going to be this Friday in the place of our regular devotional. And, uh, and so I want to invite you into that to, to, to check that out and to do it. Um, if, if, if you live alone, you know, do, do it with yourself. Uh, but even do it, you know, connect some, with someone else virtually. Y'all can go through the video together. Um, and obviously, if, if, you know, if, if you're with your family, I would encourage you to do it with your family over the video. Um, so we're trying it out new this year and, and, and hope that we can still have, um, uh, yeah, a tremendous um, time with, with Christ as we engage in this reflection. Uh, so today we are going to be talking about what it means to be lifted up. And so our, our main passage for today is, is Zechariah 9, Zachariah 9, 9 through 12. And so let's, let's, let's get into it. Zechariah 9, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem. And the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold. O oh, prisoners of hope, today I declare that I will restore to you double. So in this passage of, of, of Zechariah, there, there's a couple things to, to note before we dive in. First, you know, this, you know, Zechariah is, is one of the one of the prophets. Um, and while this is, is technically a prophecy, um, it's also kind of a, a narrative, but it's also poetry. And so kind of the way that it's, that it's, that it's laid out is in, in this, is in this poetic form, which we can't grasp totally in the translation, but, but, but it is this poetry, and it's actually one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Um, I can't remember exactly when it was, but, but if, it was some time ago when I, when I was reading through the Bible, and, and I came across this passage, and this one line struck me more than anything else. And it stayed with me ever since. And, and I don't know that it will ever not be with me. He says, return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. You know, maybe I, it struck me because I, I, I love the, the poetic language there. But this idea of being a prisoner of hope, just it just really, it really stuck with me. You know, I think about times when I just, I wanted to give up on so many things, where I wanted to just give up on life, but I couldn't. I was, I was captivated by hope. 
There are times when I wish I could just be done. You know, times where I'm like, I know, God, you're calling me into this, but I just, I don't want to do it anymore. And I kept going. Not out of like this, this like compliant obligation, but because I still had hope and I, and I didn't know why. It was, it was this irrational hope. It was this hope that didn't make sense. I, I was a prisoner to it. And let me be clear, I don't want to be a prisoner to anything. But this, this I'm OK being a prisoner to. If anything, I never want to be free from hope, but always bound to it. So right at the opening, we see this command, rejoice. Shout, rejoice, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. And so this command isn't, it's not a forced response. You know, it's, it's it, you ever been in those situations where like you had to like force yourself to be excited about something? And so you're like, yeah, I'm excited. It's like, that, that's not what we're talking about here. It, it, this isn't this forced joy. This command here that God is giving changes our reality. He's telling Israel here, shout, rejoice, because I am coming. Come back to your hope because I am coming. And, and it is in that hope that Israel rejoices. It is in that hope that Israel shouts. And, and, and it's the same thing for us as God says, rejoice, shouts. It's a command to us that changes our reality. Because that's, that's what hope why hope matters for us right now is because hope changes our reality. You know, we can't avoid the correlation here between joy and hope. And we see this not just in this passage, but we see it all throughout Scripture. They're interlinked. You see, because it's the power of hope is what's important here, and it enables us to enter into a place of joy. You see, hope is, is, is what gives us the, the keys to open the door so we can remain in this place of joy and contentment to where we can shout, it's hope, it's not our circumstance. You know, one, one, one of my favorite psalms, though I weep through the night, joy comes in the morning. Though I weep through the night, joy comes in the morning. You see, what hope does is that it allows us to weep but know that the weeping is not endless. Knowing that at some point, joy will return. You know, last week when we were looking at Romans, you know, we talked about rejoicing with those with who rejoice and weeping with those who weep. We tend to not want to go through the weeping period. <laughs> I get that. I don't like going through it either. But we can go through it genuine and true because we know that the weeping will not last forever. That joy is, is, is around the corner. And so it's often we don't weep and we don't allow ourselves to mourn with others and we don't go to those places because we don't want to get stuck there. We don't want to feel the, we don't want to feel the same way. We don't, we, we don't want to engage in that way because it's hard and, and, and I get that, but God is calling us to do that with others and we can because hope allows us to because we know it doesn't stop there. It leads to joy. And then, of course, we have, the, you know, one of the most popular scriptures in Galatians. 
And the three greatest things are faith, hope, and love. You see, it's hope that catapults our faith. When our faith is struggling, hope gives us a place to launch it to the next stage in our life or to bring it back from a place where it's really lacking. And as we do that, it expresses itself through love. And as it expresses itself through love, we lift others up. See, our hope positions us not just so that we can remain in a hopeful place, but actually allows others to respond to that and lead to a hopeful place. See, our hope is a catalyst for someone else to renew their hope because the essence of Christ is revealed in our hope in him. I'm going to go over that again. The essence of Christ is revealed in our hope of him. And so when our hope is, 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 is developed and, 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 and comes out, and, and it's this hope of Christ, it's not just us that's, that, that's lifted up by this, but, but those around us. I mean, if you think about some of, 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 the, of the biggest leaders of world history who changed things for the better, people responded to their hope. People responded and they said, this person has hope, I believe it, and now I have hope too. And so how do we get there? The path to experiencing a renewal in our hope comes in realigning my will with God's. You see, if my hope is dependent on an external, on an external circumstance, it wavers with the wind. So if my, if my hope is based on this situation, there's going to be a lot of times when it's just it's, it's non-existent. You see, when, when, when we see hope in Scripture... It has a different understanding than, than we necessarily uh, take it for. See, biblical hope is, is hope regardless of what's going on. When, when we see hope throughout the, the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, it was hope in the hardest of circumstances. In the darkest of times, God is shouting, be hopeful. Not saying, hey, it's necessarily going to work out. It's saying, no, have hope. Have hope anyway. And it's God's grace that, that, that allows us to do that. And so I, I want to talk about kind of this realignment for a second. See, there have been times where I've, I've been hoping for peace in my life, just to, 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 to be settled, to know that I'm just, I'm okay. And, and that comes as I'm waiting for this particular situation to change, whatever it might be. I, you know, I have so many examples, but my hope rests in the situation changing, in the situation working out. And so what, what, I, what I've learned over, over the years and, and as God has continued to, 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 to walk this through in me is that he's like, Jeremy, you're waiting for the situation to change in order so you can have peace. I'm telling you, you can have peace now and so your hope is actually isn't in the situation changing. Your hope is in me and my ability to give you peace. My ability to give you security no matter what happens. And so instead, when I realign my hope and sit with God, I realize my peace is not based on the situation, but on his kingdom coming. And that's what we see in the scripture. You know, rule from sea to sea. 
when he's talking about, I will cut off the bow from Ephraim, he's talking about war is going to end, there is going to be peace. It's this promise. When I come, and when I come to its full, there will be peace. And so I know now that my peace comes as believing when he says, I'm okay, even if everything falls apart. Even if everything just, even if nothing works out, I know that I'm okay. And I know that now or at some point, he will bring restoration. Because I know at times his kingdom will come and, and he will restore everything that's been broken. And I know sometimes that's not going to happen right now. That doesn't come until later. But my hope remains. And the times when it doesn't, I know that I have lost sight and, and, and I've, been, I've been misaligned. And so what I got to do, is I've got to turn back. I have to turn back and realign my hope with him. He says, return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Their fortress is, is Yahweh. And so for us to actually enter back into that hope is, is, is to come back to intimacy with God, to return to his shelter and to let him cover us. See, it's really easy, especially in, 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 in the lives we live and in our culture, to, let every, to find our coverings, to find our safety and protection in all these other things. And I'm not immune to that. I, I, I have that as well. And so I have to continually come back home, come back home to God, come back to my intimacy with him, drawing close to him and letting him be my shelter. No pun intended with the shelter in place but maybe a little bit. I don't know. So come back to him. I want you to, I want you to picture something for a minute. Now, I can't see you doing this, obviously, so just, you know, put down the video game for a second. You know, just, just actually do this, and I'm, and I'm going to trust that you're doing it, all right? This would be really great if I had like a live track so I'd know if everyone was laughing or not, but I don't have that. So I want you to picture something. I want you to close your eyes. He says, I'm gonna lift you up from this waterless pit. Like I want you to imagine like a well that just goes way deep down. And this well has no water, it's, it's dry. And you're in that well. So I want you to picture that. Now, for some, it's going to be really easy to picture that because you feel like that's where you are right now. You're deep in this waterless pit. And I want you to imagine Jesus coming down into that waterless pit, grabbing you by the hand, and lifting you up piece by piece, out of that pit, into the light. This is his hope. That he will come. That he will restore. 
that he will lift us up. And as we hold on to that, it actually elevates us more than anything else could, more than the changing of our circumstance, our hope in him coming down to the depths to pick us up will bring us into light. God says, come home to hope. Exchange your shackles of bondage with shackles of joy. All right, so let's talk through a couple practical tips. Spend this week identifying areas in your life where you have lost hope. Now, being quarantined, we have a lot of time with our thoughts right now. And so as, as we go through this period, it's, it's, it, there's going to be opportunities, whether we want them or not, to actually deal with the stuff that's going on inside of us. And so use this place as a starting point to seek God in, in renewing your hope. Examine where it's based on a situation changing and not aligned with God and, and, and begin to realign. Allow him to bring what your heart is seeking, not the situation. So I'm going to explain that again. So often when I am... Whatever I'm hoping for, whatever the situation is working out, is that it's going to bring me something. So if, if I'm hoping that, that I, I, I get this opportunity, it's because it's going to bring me something, security, validation, whatever it is. And so my hope is actually in that. And so instead of it being in that situation, I, I can actually bring that to God, and he can give me more security and validation than I could ever get on my own. Number two, there are more opportunities now, more than ever, to draw close to God. If there's ever a time, this is it. What does it mean for you to come home to God? When he says come home, what does that mean for you right now? Answer that question and, and then do it, and then come home. If you're new with us, or you're just checking us out and you're seeking more hope or seeking ways to grow closer with God but, but need help, I want to invite you to reach out to us. We'd love to walk with you even in this time as, as you're discovering that for yourself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are high and lifted up and that you lift us up from our deepest places. And we just ask right now that as we continue the journey with you, that you would help us to realign ourselves with you, to find our hope in you, and that you help us to draw closer to you, and as, that as we draw closer to you, you will draw closer to us. So Holy Spirit, come and, and lift us up. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his favor towards you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we're, we're glad we get to, we get to uh, connect with you all, and, and, and we look forward to, to the next time. God bless you.